Why, hello and a howdy, we're so very glad to see you Cause we're getting kinda rowdy and we've got a lot to say And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away That's pretty exciting, right Omega? Indeed! Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hey, folks. You caught us. It's Wednesday night, so you know what that means. It's time for HIAC Talk Radio. I'm with my uh, tag team partner, Mr. Dan Calachico. <laughs> hey, Dan, Brady Fun style. And without any further delays to the past, I know we just got here in the present, but we're, we're going to go back to the past. Uh, because there, as if you're a fan of the current product that passes for professional wrestling, you know there's not a whole hell of a lot to talk about. Uh, whatever what, what happened on AEW Blood and Guts, is well uh, forgotten oh, left in the past. I forgot all about that. Exactly. See, so we really do have very little to talk about as as far as uh, that hasn't already been <laughs> talked about ad nauseum <laughs> from last week. So we're going to go back further than the recent past and go back to a time when wrestling actually did mean something. That if a wrestler did have a cage match or called it the War Games. You knew that someone was going to get hurt for real, okay, and that there were no crash pads, or uh, uh, was think back to a time where there was wrestling in all fifty states, uh, would impact arenas, uh, coliseums, and high school gymnasiums without any fear of uh, social distancing or deadly diseases. Uh, back when sports entertainment was, in fact, professional wrestling. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, May 7th um, from a guy we talked about uh, last week uh, for a time, but May 7th would have been the 56th birthday of the great Owen Hart. So a happy belated 56th birthday uh, to the King of Hearts, a man who, if he had just been allowed to wrestle and to just be Owen Hart, where some, like so many wrestlers are now, he could possibly still be alive. Because uh, I knew the Blue Blazer gimmick wasn't his idea, but we'll let that one go. Uh, that was May 7th. May 8th, 2002, Dan, very big date in professional wrestling with ramifications that still uh, echo to this day. Uh, May 8th, there was a press release. May 8th, 2002, a press release officially announcing a weekly series of pay-per-view wrestling events that will come out every Wednesday. And the name of those, the name of that series, the name of those events would be called NWA Total Nonstop Action. So weekly pay-per-views. I mean, I was there. I was on board, man. (laughs) I was on board from the beginning. I'm Now were the were the price tag were that was that nine ninety five? It was nine it was nine ninety nine for a week, which I told my mom. I mean, I was paying for it myself at this point, but I was telling my mom I was like, "Listen, it's only ten dollars more 
for four shows than it was for three for one show once a month for WCW. So I'm going to do this. So, uh, you know, if I'm watching wrestling on a Sunday night, I'm just letting you know that I paid for it and I'll give you 10 bucks. So, you know, rounded up the cent. But I was there for it, man. I was excited because it was, you know, you're kind of in the uh, aftermath or the in the middle of, you know, the ashes of WCW at that point. And, you know, you had the invasion angle. That was a flop for the most part. Uh, so it was, I was looking forward to it. I was, a, I was a supporter for Impact for a long time. I, I, uh, I was excited. <laughs> and they have brought back the original NWA belt, which has always been, like I've said on this podcast many times, my favorite belt. Um, and, you know, they had Ricky Steamboat, they had uh, Dory, they had Terry, they had a lot of the old NWA uh, stars that I grew up watching on this. So, um, yeah, I gave it a chance. I was, I was, looking, I was looking forward to it. Uh, not the anniversary, but Ron Killings, he'll run as champ was awesome. A lot of New York and you guys pop it up uh, there on and off. Yeah, it was uh, it was cool. I was very happy at the time that Ron Killings got his run because I I always like Ron. I always like Ron Killings. I, I you know I, he was as athletic and as goddamn as good a wrestler as anybody else out there. You know, at the time, why not? I remember the thing was, is why, why Ron Killings? Why the, why the fuck not? Yeah. Well, Nothing wrong with not, him. Yeah. Not at all. And, you know, I, I think I saw a BuzzFeed. I might have been a BuzzFeed. Our top 10 wrestlers you forgot were former NWA champions. And, you know, they started off, well, you know, the name Jack Briscoe and Harley Race and Ric Flair. But did you know that these guys were also former NWA champions? And, of course, Ron Killings was on there. Uh, along with the uh, Chris Candido, you know, Raven, uh, Dan, Dan Severn, you know, guys that uh, were uh, um, Adam Pierce, who's the current yeah. head on the uh, on the WWE, uh, another former NWA, which May 9th, 2002 is when the the official announcement that uh, <clears throat> this outlaw. I hate to say that, but a uh, new uh, wrestling league starting called TNA and 2021. Uh, like a cockroach will not die. Still crawling along. Still, uh, they got a TV deal. You can watch TNA wrestling if you so choose. So it's still here. I do not. Got more lives than 10, <laughs> than 10 cats. But telling you, yes, but it all started May 8th, 2002. You removed two people. One, really. One, really. But if you remove <laughs> certain guy from that roster. I'll watch that show weekly. Um, I'll say this. And this I. That woman's division is fantastic. And I think you should go to women only there. There. I just fixed TNA. <laughs> Ironically, I mean, I just fixed impact. There you go. Make it what wow was. Jordan Grace. I've watched. I've been in a locker room with Jordan Grace. Not back. Not like that. Assholes. Um, I hear you. I can hear. I hear you. Bullshit. 
um, I've watched Jordan Grace and a lot of other of these ladies go through several of the indies. And we live in a world where Jordan Grace is on TV. Whether you like you don't like the company or not, that's huge. She's very good. And and Jazz was back for a while. That was so cool. Their their women's division was is stealing those shows. I don't give a good goddamn rat's ass about most of the male talent on that show. It just don't. It just happened to not to, especially for the walking trash bag that is from her current. Um, but if that's their legacy going into the next decade, do it. Do it. That's just me. While we're on the subject of companies dying, just a side note. This is just a quick side note. Let CZW die. Don't bring that back. Don't let somebody buy it unless they buy it just to kill it so they can have the library. Let that one go. <laughs> anyway. Well, you mentioned the uh, the women in, in TNA. Tessa Blanchard was their champion. And <laughs> Tessa Blanchard was one of the top 10 performers of any sex for a while in professional wrestling. So that was not just a credit to the women's division, but a credit to her as, a, as an athlete and, a, and as a performer. Isn't it interesting that Hulk Hogan's still allowed to be around because he's Hulk Hogan, but Tessa Blanchard essentially did the same kind of thing. A little more bullying, but was a bit racist. People were like, see you, Tessa. But Hulk Hogan's host of WrestleMania alongside yeah. Titus. I just work here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar discussion with someone about Tim Tebow being back in the NFL, Don't. another former quarterback, is it? Okay, you know what? You started it. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> I don't care either way about either of those guys as far as quarterbacks. Here's my problem. Mm -hmm. Not to make this about the thing people hate for some reason, which is kneeling at the football <laughs> field, which is what a Green Beret, a veteran of the armed services, told him to do in the first place. Not getting into that. What I don't understand is, I, I know the answer. Well, I mean, I know the answer. You know, uh, you know. Forget it. I know the answer is because of. Yeah, I know what the answer is. Never mind. I had a conversation with my aunt, who I no longer talk to. I had two conversations within a day of each other. One of those was is. She made this big, huge deal about how um, Tim Tebow was ridiculed and mocked and shut down for his kneeling on the field for praying, but not Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. And I asked her to find me an, uh, an article indicating this. One, any website. I'll take it from Newsmax, Fox News. CNN, MSN, whatever you got, send it to me. I can't find those articles because it fucking didn't was not real. Because <laughs> nobody cared. Yeah. It's all about what message you stand for or not. They both should be quarterbacks. They're both bad. They both should be backups. Bad. Air quotes. You get my point. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it, you fucking children. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let a man throw a ball. 
damn it. Anyway. Continue. Anyway. <laughs> Back to wrestling. But, and another thing. Uh, I'm kidding. A, I'm uh, kidding. And another one more thing. <laughs> it was a political commentary uh, side that we have every week here on the uh, HIC Talk Radio. We're not going to get political, uh, but. <laughs> if one of us brings it up, we have no choice. Um, May 9th. <coughs> excuse me. May 9th, 1989, Dan, during a, a taping of NWA Saturday Night. Um, in the midst of his uh, feud with uh, Ric Flair, Terry Funk, uh, while Ric Flair, uh, he had sidelined Ric Flair with the pile driver, you know, and Flair had a broken neck. So Terry Funk was running roughshod on TV, running through everyone, you know, and talking about that egg-sucking dog, Ric Flair, that banana nose, horse teeth, Jackass. Banana nose makes Well, one of the so guys, <laughs> banana nose, horse tooth, jackass. Uh, one of the guys that Terry Funk ran a rough shot through uh, was actually having his first match in WCW uh, at the time. And uh, because uh, Terry was a, a good friend of his father's and his brother's, and um, always like to help out the young talent. He gave this young man who weighed in in a strapping 189 pounds uh, and put up a good fight. But uh, in his tryout, Terry Funk defeated the man on my shirt, Eddie Guerrero, in his first ever WCW match. Uh, May 9th, 1989. And there was talk about, you know, wanting to bring Eddie in as some enhancement talent. Uh Terry didn't think he was ready. Um, and um, Terry probably wasn't Terry. Well, that after his tryout match that uh, took place May 9th, 1989, uh, Eddie went back to uh, Texas for a little more seasoning. And of course, from there, he went to the AAA in Mexico. And uh, he'd already wrestled in Japan as a Black Tiger. Got a lot of experience there, the high flying lucha style that he's been come to known as uh, translated very well in Japan uh, but came back to the States, wrestled in AAA uh, met up with Art Bar uh, formed the most over tag team in North America for a two year period Los Gringos Locos uh, from there ECW back triumphantly to WCW and the WWE and then on my shirt the rest is history, but it started his first match ever in WCW on a taping of the NWA Saturday night, May 9th, 1989, Terry Funk versus a very young Eddie Guerrero. Uh, May 10th, 1985, uh, was the taping in Uniondale, New York, or Uniondale, Long Island, at the uh, Nassau Coliseum. So many great WWF uh, things happen in Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale uh, for some reason. Nothing else much happens there was. other than the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But this very, uh, this day, May 10, 1985, was the taping of first Saturday night's main event. Um, featured a uh, six-man tag team match between um, 
the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, and George the Animal Steel versus the team of the ultra babyface team of Barry Windham, Mike Rotundo, and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, it also featured um, Hulk Hogan versus Bob Orton. And this is the first time we've seen these people since WrestleMania two years earlier. And so they were getting the coveted Saturday Night Live time slot. So this came on Saturday night at 11.30. It's first time wrestling had been on network TV in 33 years, folks. So this was a big deal. Uh, the main event was uh, Hulk Hogan versus uh, Bob Orton. And we saw interference by Roddy Piper. And that was also the the uh, the Piper's Pit, where Paul Orndorff turned face for the first time. And they talked about the WrestleMania botch where uh, Orton came off the ropes and hit uh, Orndorff by mistake and causing him to be pinned by Hulk Hogan. And, of course, we know the aftermath of WrestleMania 1. Orton and Piper left. Orndorff laying in the ring. And this was their first Piper's pivot, all three of them in the in the ring at the same time. And uh, Orndorff attacked Piper. And, of course, he was saved by Bob Orton with the cast. And Piper and Orton were putting the boots to Orndorff. But who will come to save him, Dan? Mr. T, of course. I was like, oh, I thought you. I thought and, it was uh, rhetorical. I'm sorry. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but that would turn Paul Orn. Uh, damn this delay. Uh, that would turn uh, Orndorff babyface full time at the time. But um, that was the uh, show of Saturday Night's main event, and that particular Saturday Night's main event, Dan, the first one, the maiden voyage, the return of wrestling to. Network TV for the first time in 33 years. That first Saturday night's main event did a rating of 8.8. Yes, I w- we want to apologize to listeners and viewers who are watching. Huge technical difficulties in the city of Philadelphia tonight. That's all I got to say. So, Amber's fault. That is. It is. What, the minute she sat down, that's when everything went yeah. to fluid. Minute you sit, minute, and never I, mind. <laughs> <laughs> but that took place. It, we, they taped it May 10th. It aired May 11th, uh, Saturday night, uh, and it did an 8.8 rating. And also, uh, what happened on this, yeah, 8.8. And that was low compared to the uh, the uh, subsequent Saturday night's main event uh, tapings uh, and airings on on Saturday night. Um, Eight point eight was was pretty much the lowest mark they hit. After that, they were went up in the double digits, folks, in ratings. Ratings were a big deal. Uh, also on the the state May eleventh. 1953, Dan. We're going to go back to May 11th, 1953, and we're going to stay in the state of New York because this landmark decision um, that took place May 11th, 1953, would uh, st- would impact the sport of professional wrestling uh, forever, uh, particularly in the state of New York, because on May 11th, 1953, the New York State Athletic Commission lifted the ban. I didn't even know there was one, but apparently there was 
But May 11, 1953, the New York State Athletic Commission lifted the ban on tag team wrestling. What a weird thing to ban. That's almost like, never mind. I was going to say Whitman in extreme wrestling, but okay. Well, as weird as that was, Dan, check out but how late New York is on a couple of things. 1953, they lifted the ban on tag team wrestling. It wasn't yeah. until 18 years later that they lift the ban on masked wrestlers. You couldn't wear a mask in the state of New York All right. to wrestle. Sure. So 18 years it took for them to lift the ban on masked wrestlers. But 19 years, 19 years after making it legal to have tag team wrestling in New York, the state of New York. It wasn't that was in 1953. It wasn't until 1972 that women were allowed to wrestle in the state of New York. I used to wow. Yes, used to see the city was forward thinking, but we were a little backwards on that one. <laughs> Did you know wrestlers could get divorced in New York this year? No. Yeah, just this year. 2021. Jeez. That's not true. <laughs> that you know of. That's not true. But the, that, that we know. But the point is that New York State is behind on a lot of things wrestling related that uh, they didn't have. They only had tag team wrestling in New York since 1953. Masked wrestlers can only wrestle there since 1971. And there have only been women wrestling in New York since 1972. So this Mecca of wrestling in, in New York <laughs> was very bland until about 1950, 70 something. All right. Cool. And Dan, those are, those are just the bands I know about. I don't even want to know when the first black wrestler was allowed to wrestle in New York. I think it was probably 1970. What's the bet? What's the bet? Who, who, but, who, 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 who broke the barrier first? <laughs> who broke the barrier last? The Washington not, uh, Washington football team with segregation or New York laying black wrestlers? What do, you, what do you think did it first? We should look that up on our spare time. Yeah, on our spare time. But because in the meantime, as you can tell by Amber's comments, that, gentlemen and ladies, was a delayed technical difficulties fraught edition of The Wrestling Historian. And you can follow me if you so choose without delay on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagans, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Yes, yes. You can follow me on Twitter and all social media platforms at DanLaw83. As Javi gives us a little bit of love. Javi was trying to get me to play Fortnite, and I apologize. Man's got to work. <laughs> Man's got to work and sell his body for some money. Um, go ahead. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and I want—I wanted to dedicate this edition of Wrestling Historian to Tad Lyon. I got a Twitter message from Tad, 67-year-old from Phoenix, Arizona, via Chicago. I just wanted to share how much I enjoy your Wrestling Historian segment. So, well, to Tad Lyon, Ted. Thank you. Check out the big brain on Tad. Bring it on uh, Tad. <laughs> <laughs> But he sent me this message completely out of the blue uh, from Phoenix via Chicago. Thank you for the rest of the Tad, this last 
wrestling historian was dedicated to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I just want to know we powered through it just to get it out. We we've been live just just a little uh, peek on the outside. We've been live for an hour and twenty minutes. I think we got about a twenty-two minute podcast, and it's all wrestling history. <laughs> Maybe thirty. I don't know what the time is before we stop, but yeah, it, it was a quickie. Um, and you can thank. Um, I mean, if you if you I, see the reason why we do, it's like I try not to do what other podcasts do. Because, you know, it's like the ECW thing. I can't beat them at their game, so I'll do something different. Um, so I try not to be like the 85th podcast uh, where a white guy tells you how he feels about Chris Jericho landing on cardboard. So I skipped it this week. <laughs> and, of course, the week where I'm like, Craig, it's all you and his story tonight. The Internet went, nah. <laughs> so <laughs> with that being said, listen to all of our podcasts. Of VOC Nation Radio Network. There might be a relaunch coming soon of something old, near, and dear to us. Um, I actually have to tell you that. But um, VOCNation.com, if you go to your smartphone on your iTunes or Google Podcast or Spotify app, type in VOC Nation Radio Network. For Craig Lagans and the Rev Average Comedian Dan Calchico, we will see you next week, hopefully with an internet connection. Goodbye. Show, Mother Earth. Oh, can we-